Hi, and welcome to Daring to Leap. I'm your host, Lori Phillip. Our special guest, Sabine Gideon, is here. We are discussing how to navigate change, whether it's career shift, starting a new business, or redefining your personal identity. Transition can come with an overwhelming mixture of emotions and challenges. Stick around to discover how to process the inevitable ups and downs and find the courage to let go, transform, and emerge anew on the other side of change. Let's dive in. Sabine is an author, speaker, and executive career and leadership strategist. Sabine leverages nearly 20 years of experience to guide clients in both startups and Fortune 500 companies. She specializes in supporting women and emerging leaders during their seasons of transition, guiding them as they break through mental limits and grow in confidence, influence, and impact. Welcome to the show, Sabine. Thank you, Lori. I'm so excited to be here and so excited to be chatting with you again. Yeah, it's so great to have you. It really, really is. And I always love having guests on that have their own podcast. So we can talk about that later as well. But I really wanted to get started with you to hear a bit about your career journey. What were you doing before you started doing this work? Yeah, so I started my career in human resources. And I remember maybe a couple of years in, I really wanted to be an HR business partner because that for me was the pinnacle of HR success. So I went back, got my master's uh, in management organizational leadership, and that actually opened the door for me to finally get an HR business partner role. Now, six months in to that role at this new company, I realized that that's not what I wanted to do and had, as you can imagine, just this midlife career breakdown because up until that mm. point I didn't really have a a plan B so to speak like this was the thing that I was driving towards you made all the sacrifices towards it and I found myself having to really take a step back and ask myself what are you going to do for the next 30 years and for me that was that was a hard question to answer in one but I took some time and really had to ask myself two questions when have I felt the most fulfilled? And when have I felt the most impactful? And it mm. was two situations that came to mind. It was when I was sitting across from internal candidates and helping them map out their career and then reverse engineering all the steps that they needed to get there. And it was when I was behind closed doors with leaders and I could support them in a way that was beyond the day to day. Like basically they were human and they were vulnerable. And I got to see mm -hmm. a different side of them. And I realized then and there that leaders really are the most underserved when it comes to development organizations, just because people expect them to have all the answers. And or if they're performing, then everyone just deals with whatever the behavior is or whatever challenges that they're having. So at mm -hmm. that point, I, I had already started a business. It was a side hustle, if you will where I was doing career coaching, uh, resume writing, career coaching, quickly realized friends and family do not want to pay you. And so <laughs> it was a side hustle that I had to, I put down. But as I was going through this process, I was just like, I think I can, I think I can be a career coach. And at the time, coaching wasn't as big, nowhere near as big as it is right now. 
So I took the leap. I took the leap in 2018 and started my own business. And it was it was the same, except I included HR consulting just because obviously I had at that point 12, 13 years of experience doing it, could leverage that. Also doing leadership coaching specifically for leaders who were in transition. So they were like me. They had this epiphany that they didn't want to do what they were doing what they were doing and they want to do something different and they needed someone to help guide them through that process. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It, it's really, it's relatable for me because I had a similar moment where I actually asked myself, is this what I want to be doing for the next 30 years? Or it was actually 15 years because I assume I'd, I'd have another 15 and in total it would be 30. My question for you is you had the side hustle But then you decided, okay, once you went through and did that deep work and thinking about, okay, what what would you really want to do with your career? What how did you get past any kind of doubts you might have had, any kind of hesitations to let go of something that could be is pretty stable and and what you've known for so long um, to actually go out and make that leap? Yeah, and that's a really really great question and I think I think there were a number of things that helped me that helped me get to that point. First, the company that I joined where and I finally got this opportunity. I joined in the HR like leadership rotation capacity. So, I was changing jobs basically every 8 months. It was like a 2-year mm-hmm. commitment. And at the time, I had moved 3 states in that 2-year two 2-year two time frame. So I, I think inherently there was never an attachment, so to speak, to mm-hmm. one particular role, just because even in, in that, within that company, I worked within three different divisions and each division operated as their own company. And secondly, there was a part of me that didn't want to have to start all, all over again. And by starting all over again, it would mean possibly moving somewhere else, learning a whole new department, mm-hmm. learning a whole new culture. At that stage, I was just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. And I also recognized that this was my break just because it was because it was a two year uh, commitment. And after the two years, I'm free. So why not explore? Why not take that leap? And even though uh, I had all this stuff figured out, there was still a part of me that I've been working since I was 13. Right. I was on my own, totally independent of anybody supporting me. And the thought of not getting paid or not being able to support myself, like, scared the crap out of me, to be quite honest. And I even found myself, as I was thinking it more and more and more and more, once you put something out there, the universe starts giving you all these signs. And so I started reading all these books about launching your own business and started getting excited until one day I was just like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And I had convinced myself that I was going to be homeless in like, if I made the leap. However, I read this book by Alan Weiss, the million dollar consultant. I believe that's what it's called. And he talks about when he was leaving his corporate career. And this was like back in the 80s or 90s. Him and his wife sat down and they did an assessment of all of their all of their assets. So what was in their bank Mm -hmm. accounts, credit cards, retirement plan, all that stuff. And they realized that they had X number of, of years if, if things didn't work out. And so I was like, huh, let me do that assessment. 
And I did that assessment. And at the time, I had a year's worth of runway between all of my assets and resources. And it was just like, oh, so if I don't make a dime in an entire year, I'll be okay. Well, that was also before I knew I was moving to California, which <laughs> it is fully last year. Yeah, um, it'll shift your financial model a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't, it didn't quite work out as I thought. But the good part was once I knew I had this amount of runway, it gave me a little peace of mind. And the other thing, the third thing was, as I was looking to make this leap, I was I, I was woman of faith praying every day like, mm-hmm. hey, I just need I started praying for courage specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from, but that's what I felt in my spirit. And I just started praying every single day for courage. And one day I was walking my dog and I'm thinking about like all of the things that could possibly happen. And I'm like, you know what, God, it would be so much easier to make this leap if I knew things were going to work out or better yet, if I even had a client, right? Like it would make it so easier to, to do this. And what I heard back was, well, that wouldn't be faith, would it? It's mm. like, oh, touche, touche. And yeah. so at that point, I was Mic just like, drop. all right, I'm going to keep praying <laughs> for faith. Yeah, my drop. It's like, I'm going to keep praying for courage and I'm going to take this leap out on faith because I believed at the time, and I still do, I believed at the time that I would be supported. Even though it was scary, Mm -hmm. even though I didn't know what I was going to do, I didn't know what was going to come at me, I didn't know how how far the cliff, the drop was going to be, I trusted enough based on my faith to know that I would be okay wherever and however I landed. Thank you for sharing that, that story, especially about faith and courage in, in being supported. It's so important. And I think when we think about making a big step like this, a lot of it is that leap of faith of that. I don't really know the specifics of how it's going to work out, but I know that what I'm trying to do is in alignment with what I really want to do and what my heart is telling me to do and where I think I should be going. And it's, it can be quite scary. And that's where the, the courage comes in, the faith comes in, all of that kind of stuff. And I'll just share with you quickly on my last day at Boeing, I thought I would be like, so excited. I'm like, oh, my last day, I'm going to go get my box of stuff and leave. And I'd been there for, at that point, 16 years. And it was going to be this surreal moment. And I woke up that morning and I felt terrified. I felt this anxiety come over me. And I thought, where is this coming from? Because this is what I wanted. And now it's becoming real. And I should feel good about it. And I went on a walk and I live in Arizona. It's quite sunny here, but it was rainy a little bit that day. And I looked up on my walk and I saw the most biggest, beautiful double rainbow I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And I got the same message that you did, Sabine, through through nature. And I thought, okay. This is my sign. I am on the right path. I'm going to be supported and it's going to be okay. And and these things, they come to us in our own ways. But 
it, it really made me think of that moment I had for myself when you shared your experience just now. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will also say my last day there was June 30th, 2018. And I woke up on July 1st, like, what did you just do? So <laughs> even with the faith, even with the courage, even with everything else, and just knowing I was on the right path, the next day when reality hit, there was still this moment of, okay, you are officially an entrepreneur. That's your new job description. Yeah, let's really talk about, let's talk about this a little bit more because even though it's what we want to do, even though it's the next step, change, and this is, we can talk about transitions, change and transitions are quite scary. And our body, especially our brain, is in this protective space of keeping us safe. So it starts to freak out a bit around, okay, I don't really know what you're doing, but since I don't know what you're doing, it's a little scary, so I'm going to freak out a little bit. And so let's talk a bit about transitions. And I know you work with clients on specifically on this transition period. What have you noticed really that's missing from that conversation that people have to deal with when they're making a, tra a big transition? Yeah. And you just you just nailed it. I think I think we understand change and transition like we we recognize when there when fear shows up. Right. Like we know mm -hmm. when we move into or maybe not always consciously, but when we're in that fight, flight or freeze or fawn state. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Where we feel completely out of control and there's a lot of ambiguity and all those things. Right. That's that's what we that's what people come to expect when you're making change. And to an extent, right, we know how to move through fear. Either we push through it, we ignore, or we succumb to it. I feel like those are the three options that we're given in this space. Mm -hmm. But what I recognize, even within myself and with my clients, is that it's, there's a lot more happening than just someone being afraid. Like you are literally mm -hmm. experiencing the grieving process much like if someone were to pass away. And because we often, especially in our society, we associate grief with, okay, someone's passed away. Then, we, then you get to grieve. Then it's permissible to grieve. However, when you've gone from you being at Boeing for 16 years, me in my HR career for 14 years, like that step, at some point, that was our identity. At some mm. point, this is who we believed we were. Like, I was an HR professional through and through. Like, I was a corporate girl. Like, you couldn't tell me anything. That's what mm -hmm. I believed. That's what my identity was. And when that goes away or when that's no longer there, your mind is scrambling. Okay, well, who am I? Like, what's going on? Well, if this is not who we are, then, then what's happening? And with my clients, it's the same thing, right? When they, when they decide that they want to either leave corporate to start a business or change directions in their career, there's this part of them, like, yes, they're pushing through and they're moving forward and they have me to be there as a support, but internally within themselves, their emotions, their mind, everything, every core belief is going through this, almost like this, well, really this transformation process. Mm -hmm. So where I see clients getting stuck is when, this happy thing or this exciting thing, this thing that was once exciting 
starts to bring up old things, things that had been hidden under the surface. And it goes deeper than mindset. It, it goes down to men, men, messages around your worth, your very worth mm-hmm. and your identity and what's important. And some people, when they hit these walls, they don't understand that it, it's not a, I shouldn't even say it's a wall. When the, they come to these roadblocks, if you will, that it's really a, a space for them to go back in time, essentially, to heal. And so when people feel like, oh, I made this change, things were supposed to be groovy, like I was supposed to be living these highlight reels like I see on Instagram, and it's not happening. It's not that it's not going to happen. It's just that you have some processing, you have some emotional processing to do it. And literally, you are shedding an old part of you. So if people feel down or depressive or whatever, that's all part of your emotions cycling through so that you can move forward. Yeah, so much came up for me, Sabine, when you were just talking about all that, not only how true it rang for me personally, having shifted, made such a big shift myself, but also just at the at the surface level, I want to point out for listeners and viewers that if if you're going through a transition and it's not as perfect as you were expecting, it's like you mentioned, it's not the Instagram reels. It's not as there are these down moments. It's okay. And that's actually part of the process, good or bad or indifferent. It's not you. It's, it's exactly what Sabine's talking about is that there are things that are going to come up. And not only do we have to let go some of that identity piece and um, process that, but have the courage to deal with some of the things that come up that we have to work on to become the person that we're trying to become through our transition. And so I'd love to hear from you, Sabine, if you have, what is your advice for listeners that are, okay, I'm going through this transition. Some of the stuff is coming up. How do I process it? In a, in a healthy way? What, what kind of things can we do for ourselves at that point? Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure for those people who are following you and who are listening to you, like they are overachievers and they are get stuff done, right? They have a bias towards action. And sometimes, and I experience this too, when these emotions are coming up, especially if you've never, you've never I guess, been allowed or given yourself permission to deal with emotions because you have goals. You have things that you are working towards. You have things that you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. The challenge is sitting long enough in those emotions to, one, identify what the emotions are, two, feel them, three, process them. And so um, I've had to do a lot of reading, especially this last year since I've been in a a growth (laughs) transition phase. Um, around emotions, the truth is we're only supposed to feel or carry any emotion, right, for about 90 seconds. But how many of us will, something will happen, we'll stub our toe or have an argument and hours, days, Mm -hmm. weeks later, Mm -hmm. we're, we're thinking about it, we're playing it over and over in our head. And so the first piece with when, when things are hard, we like to look externally, right? We'll think, oh, my marketing, or I need to do this, or I need to do, I need to do, I need to do. 
my invitation to your audience is that's the time to be. That's the time to start to ask yourself the question of what do I need to be right now or who do I need to be right now? And when, you know, you're feeling those emotions and it feels like I have so much to do, I, I just don't have time. I, I guess the, the, the alternative is you either make time in the moment or mm-hmm. it's going to come back and it's going to be sm- snowballed. So first and foremost, give yourself room space to deal with your emotions. We as kids aren't taught to process emotions, right? If you think about it, if we got her parents were just like, oh, don't worry about it or it's okay, right? Even well-meaning parents, they probably just taught you to dismiss the emotions. Or if you didn't have parents who demonstrated emotions, right? You may have thought like, oh, okay, emotions are bad. We think that when we're angry or when we're sad or when we're mad, like we've assigned it at some point as bad emotions. What if we looked at emotions as just they are what they are and we Mm -hmm. don't put the label of bad emotions versus happy emotions? Because guess what? The minute you assign it the label bad, your mind has registered that, oh, that's bad. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. But anger is a natural emotion. Fear is a natural emotion. Hate is even a natural emotion. And if we don't allow ourselves to feel all the emotions, they just get buried. They don't go anywhere. They're going to get stored up and they're going to show up. So first things first, deal with the emotions. Secondly, uh, the power of journaling It is so important to get what's in your head out, right? I'm a big believer that we are always creating, whether we're creating in thought, whether we're creating in words, whether we're creating in the things that we're writing down or sharing. And so if you can imagine, just like when we have brilliant ideas, we get so excited about the brilliant ideas and we want to journal it, we want to put it down. Same thing when you are feeling, when you're feeling blocked or when you are feeling anxious and a lot of anxiety, release it. A way to release it is to write it down if you can't name it in that moment or cry through it or whatever. And then the third thing that I've, I've, I've been applying is emotional freedom technique or EFT. And so that's tapping. And so your audience, you can look it up on YouTube, but there are certain pressure points that if you tap on it, it's like it, it leverages like the pressure points that they use for acupuncture, except you don't need mm-hmm. needles. You just need your fingers and you can tap (laughs) on these points to help you release whatever emotion that you're dealing with. So those are the three things that I would say is identify, sit and process those emotions. And you can do that through journaling. You can do that through tapping. You can do that through screaming. You can do that through working out. And of course, you always have coaches like Lori and myself who can help support you with that as well. Yeah, I, I love the practicality of these three things that we can start to do. And I think it comes back to practice and routine. Because when you're having a emotion come up, it can be quite distracting. It could be quite just in the moment. And then if you're if you're used to just kind of pushing it aside and going back into action, as you as you mentioned, Sabine, and I think a lot of us are or distracting ourselves um, in that moment, that's what you're going to do. And so it's really about starting to notice when these things come up and then maybe picking one of the tips that Sabine just laid out to start practicing and then expand into some of the other ones as well. I 
I loved all of them. And I've heard of EFT and I've seen some YouTube videos on it and I haven't integrated it into my day to day, but I, I know it can be quite powerful. So I'm just letting people know if you're interested in that, definitely check it out. And one of the things that I've brought up in the past on the show is that, especially when we talk about journaling, is that for some people who can't, maybe your thing isn't writing, you can, talking to a friend is helpful, just talking out loud to yourself is helpful, but processing the emotions in a way that really works for you is, is that next step. And so, so those are the things I would just add, Sabine, to what you were talking about and in helps that people can start integrating this into their day to day. Yeah. And one more thing, as you were talking, that, that came to me is our, our subconscious, the way that it works, right? And you know this, Lori, like it's, it's like this Rolodex, right? It collected all the information from zero to seven. And mm -hmm. it's in the Rolodex. And it just every now and then you have a situation and it pulls back and says, oh, what did we do in 1987 when this happened? All right, let's do that again, right? So that's how our subconscious is happening. And we, unless we're, unless we're intentional or unless we're actively paying attention, we can be operating on autopilot. So one way to pattern interrupt your subconscious from being at the wheel is to ask yourself the question, what do I need right now? Mm. And so if you are in a space where you are feeling anxious, you're feeling fearful, even if you're feeling excited, whatever it is, right? Whenever you can feel within your body, some type of emotion is rising to the center. For some people, it's in their chest, it's in their stomach, like they get tight, whatever it is, in that moment, ask yourself, what do I need right now? And I would say, ask it audible, unless like you're in a public space where you might, you might look crazy if you say that. But the point in asking that question is it then gets your subconscious mind active in a way where it's problem solving and not on autopilot. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we think that, especially being an entrepreneur, it's I need clients or I need visibility or I need this and I need that. Right. And we're looking at all these external things to, to quote unquote, solve our problems. But usually if there's any type of emotion coming up, that's an indication that there is a need, that there is a need within you that is not being fulfilled. So again, you can use all the techniques that we talked about, but if it still isn't clear to you or if that's not helping, just ask yourself, what do I need the most right now? And then sit mm -hmm. and wait for that answer. Mm -hmm. I love that prompt, Sabine. I think it's really smart. And the, the pattern interrupt is is a great way to put it. It really is because you, as you said so eloquently, our, our patterns, our, our, our brain is programmed in such a way in patterns and it's just on this loop. And if we just let it be on this loop, it'll just keep doing the same things over thinking the same thoughts, bringing in the same fears. And so stopping it through pattern interrupt can be quite powerful. And I, I think my question for you is, so we talked about processing the emotions and, and that is so important. We talked about how these emotions are coming up a lot of the times because we're trying to make a big change, a big transition. Our identity is shifting. We're trying to become 
somebody different doing a different role and leaving behind what we had been doing for likely a long period of time. And we think about how how things work. In my understanding, it's mind, then emotion, then action. And so when the emotions come up and we, we process those, let it go, and some of the journaling, this might come up. But once you start to really get to the root of, okay, what's going on with me? How do we start to shift some of our thinking based on what we, some of the analysis we've done for ourselves to, to, to start to shift our mindset around before the emotion, like kind of at the root of it is our, our programming. How do you work with clients on shifting some of their, their mindset pieces there? Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you an example. One client in particular, she, she wasn't looking to leave corporate America, so to, corporate America, so to speak, but she was looking to make some changes in her life. Right. And the money piece, right. Because money is, is a common uh, roadblock for us. Like that was, that was an issue for her. She had some goals. However, she could never break past this. Right. So she made a decent amount, but she also spent <laughs> what she made. And so one of the first things that we did was kind of examine what are some of these core beliefs or what were some of the earlier experiences and then some of the agreements that she made based on these experiences. And so we uncovered that when it came to her, especially being at her grandmother's house, if the bill collector is called, we don't pick up the phone, right? Mm-hmm. Or if the mail came in and it was, it was bills, we don't, we don't open those, right? So she learned at a very long, very early age to avoid looking at anything related to money. Let's, let's go a little deeper. What other messages were there? And as we did the work, we really uncovered there was, there are other, other experiences outside of, of grandmas that had somehow attached itself to her self-worth. And what she believed she was worthy of, not to go into her business too much, but, you know, she there was a clear delineation between how she was treated versus other siblings. And it was Mm -hmm. all centered around money. And so it grounded some core beliefs of the surface level was bills are bad or looking at money or talking about money is bad. But even under that was you weren't deserving you weren't as mm-hmm. deserving as the other ones. And so we had to do some work around that layer. And I don't know that I can say that there's any one thing that shifted the mindset or shifted the belief, but it was like until we got to the core of what the core message was or the root message was around you're not worthy and you're undeserving, I should say. Once we got to that and that light bulb went up, went on, then we could then I was able to ask her the question, are, are you still in agreement? Do you still want to be in agreement with that messaging? And mm-hmm. once she decided I no longer want to be in agreement with that messaging, then it was, OK, let's put some action in place to help you move forward with that. She since purchased a home and she's, she's Good. living her best life. But this isn't a process that happens overnight. And we you can insert anything right outside of money into that. It's doing the work and being willing to see that unseen layer and that unseen message that you attached to these earlier experiences 
And then you have to make a decision. That's that's the next piece, right? You see the truth for what it is, and then you make a decision. You make an agreement with a new a new belief, and then you start taking action towards that new belief or that new agreement that you've made. I really, really like how you laid that out, Sabine. I I, I do. It's so it's so interesting because you're right. These agreements that we made can be quite old. When we were young, when we when we were not really thinking about it, it just happened. Our environment, our family, and when we go in and do this journaling, and we go in and do some of this reflective work, there's so much power in just understanding, having awareness of what comes up as as that first step. Like you, you don't know what you can do about it until you really kind of see what's going on for what it is. And most of the time, those things are not serving you anymore. And maybe they were at the time in some protective measure for yourself, but you don't need it anymore. And so you can change that narrative and decide what do I want my relationship with, for example, money to be going forward. And you can declare for yourself, I am deserving of it. And maybe as a kid, I didn't feel that way, but now I can decide. And I think that's so powerful. So thank you for sharing that story. I think I still have money mindset issues. So we can probably talk about this all day. But I'd love to hear, we're going to start to wrap up here, Sabine. And I'd love to hear any kind of closing thoughts you might have for our audience who are either going through a transition or thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. So making a leap, whether it's a career leap or whatever the case may be, right? Those are those are some of the big things that we experience that all of this applies to. But then there are times where we just decide that we we want to show up differently in the world. And that mm-hmm. process is usually the same as well. So it doesn't have to require you leaving your job or moving to a different state or anything like that. Sometimes having a baby, right? That's mm-hmm. an identity shift. So it, it So I say that to say everyday life, you can apply this. But one thing that has kind of grounded me, especially in this last year of growth for me, is from the sermon that I heard a while back where if you have an apple seed and you take the apple seed and you put it on a windowsill, right? It's still an apple seed, but it's not really living out its full potential. Mm -hmm. But let's just say you take that same apple seed, you put it into the ground. We know I'm not, I don't have a green thumb (laughs) at all, (laughs) but I know enough to know that you take that apple seed, you dig a hole, right? And then you dump all this soil on top of it. So when you think about when you're in a transition or when you're changing or when you're moving towards something different, oftentimes it feels like you are being like you're in the space of darkness because you don't have the answers and you can't see. If you can recall that that same apple seed, we have to dig that hole. And so this emotion stuff that we've been talking about, this is that process of digging the hole. You have to remove some of the stuff that has been added there in order so that the seed, that whether that seed is in the form of a dream or an aspiration or a goal, whatever, that it has some room to, to germinate and to take root. Mm-hmm. And so once that seed is in there, then we plow all the soil on it. That's the pressure. That's the pressure that comes through. And that pressure often feels like, oh, my gosh, I want to give up. But no, the pressure is there to support you so that you stay down and you stay grounded and you can get rooted 
in whatever it Mm -hmm. is that you're doing next. And then there's the there's the rain or the water that we pour onto it to nurture it. Right. So that's making sure that you are surrounding yourself with a community of people who can encourage you, who can help you when all you see is that darkness. You can remember what you're working towards. And then eventually that that seed, it will sprout. Right. It'll be that little leaf that pushes through all of that and it sprouts and it could start to see the beginning of light. And we know eventually it grows into this beautiful tree and more seeds are produced from it. So if that you're in that phase of your of your process and you've just begun to sprout and you can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, that just means that you are at the space where, okay, just keep going, just keep going, just keep growing. Just keep allowing the process to to move forward because what's going to result is you're going to grow into this new version of yourself and everything that you put out there is going to be a beautiful reproduction of you. And so hopefully I, I didn't kill that metaphor. We oftentimes think that, oh, okay, I have this goal and I just need to know how to go from A to Z and I just need to do these steps. And we forget that nature, just like if you shared with the rainbow, Nature is the perfect example of what growth looks like. We can't always see it. We can't always feel it. But we know what's happening. The ultimate, the other side is I am going to grow. I am going to come out of this. And I am going to be able to reproduce or make an impact that's greater than the the seed that went into the ground however long ago when you set that goal. Yeah, that's so beautiful, Sabine. Thank you for sharing that. Metaphors are so powerful as an example and connecting the ideas. I really appreciate that. Can you share with our audience where they can connect with you and learn more about you and your work? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a podcast, She Leads Now. Uh, It's focused on uh, women uh, in leadership. So and and Miss Lori will be on uh, soon. So be sure to check that out. It's available on wherever you listen to podcasts. And then also I uh, can be found on LinkedIn. And my handle there is Sabine Gideon, all one word. Well, thank you so much, Sabine. I, I really love this perspective on transition and really diving into an area that we don't talk enough about. And thank you for your wisdom and your beautiful examples. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed it, I would love for you to subscribe. If you're already a subscriber, don't forget to share the podcast with a friend. Make sure to tune in next week. Our special guest, Jasmine Hawthorne, will be here to talk about growing through grit. I hope you have an amazing week. It's your time to shine. Bye.